I won't, I, won't, I won't be staying out the secret nuclear codes. To oh, okay, that. okay. <laughs> Welcome to You Are The Host, the podcast where you are the host, and by you, I mean Mark. What's up? Howdy, guys. Yeah, it's Mark Wilcox from Camping Forge, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm thank you for the invite. Uh, like I said, uh, uh, this is so funny. I was, you know, bored last uh, week, and uh, like Taylor, you're the one who came in and said, "Hey, I'm looking for, you know, somebody to do a podcast, uh, uh, you know." And and, of all, and I've been trying to get myself on more podcasts, uh, and I was like, I didn't think it'd be like the backpackers. <laughs> okay, so you are from the backpacker. I hate to admit this, but I sent that on a lot of groups, and I couldn't remember which uh, group you were from. So <laughs> no worries, no worries. So I know we're just gonna jump in, right? We did. There's no other. Uh, I would say. So the funny thing is, uh, this won't. Uh, well, we'll just start. We'll just go. I said. Okay. I, I yeah, said yeah. So, I, so, so the quick thing is, just because I want to promote my site, but I don't have to spend the whole time talking about it. Uh, is Camping Forge. It's a blog uh, uh, about camping, backpacking, hiking. I also got over 40 books about uh, camping on Amazon. 40? Uh, 40? Over like 40. 4 yeah, zero. Zero. I'd run out of stuff yeah. to talk about. <laughs> and I love backpacking. <laughs> well, the, well, yeah. Well, I was going to say, the funny thing about podcasting, what I was going to say is a quick thing is that, um, so my friend John Udell, so by day, I have a day job. I'm, I'm a computer geek. Uh, and that's why I joke is as part of why I go camping and hiking and backpacking because I want to get far away from from it after 25 years in IT. But uh, one of my friends, uh, John Udell, he was like one of the first pioneers in podcasting back at the turn of the century, like mm. when the iPod first came out. Like, you know, I think I do remember us debating, like, what should we call this? Like, should we call it podcasting or should we call it something else? We didn't have a word for it and we weren't sure, like, was I mean the iPhone wasn't if you told me when we were making podcasts that Apple was going to release a phone and it would become the most popular phone in the history of phones, I'd have thought you were, you know, no, I would have been like, whatever you're smoking, stop. Like just, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> but but we're like we didn't you know. So anyway, that's uh it's sort of funny the announcer it is like and now it's like it's got kind of the point where you're just like I'm just gonna jump into a thing called Facebook. We nope it, you know yeah, yeah. and we're we're gonna <laughs> Ask for people to uh, to join about. So, um, speaking of topics and, and that, um, uh, the uh, one of the most interesting things that happens is so when I'm person I can come up with forty books is I talk to a lot of people and I find out like and I online and I ask them like, hey, what do you want to know more about? Because uh, like you know, like you said, camping at some levels very basic. I have a tent, a campfire, make some s'mores. What do you want? <laughs> yeah, and and then eventually there's always two broad topics that people always come to and they're always like, I want to know survival skills. And then, but all this gets called out directly is foraging. And I always think to myself, like two things, like, what are you trying to survive? Like, what are you, what, what, what's happening? Like, what's going on? What kind of camping trips are you going? Like, I've been like, you know, in several hundred miles worth of backpacking over my life. I've gone camping all sorts of places, state parks, national parks, primitive, you know, basically friends' backyards. I'm like, I've never been in a situation where suddenly I'm like going to go like, okay, I've got to take my knife and like, I'm a contestant on a loan and I got to like, you know, make it out of here. And the second thing is, but anyway, what gets called out specifically, they're always like, how do you, like, I, I need you, Mark, I need you to teach me how to forage. Not hunt. Right. How to not forage. Fish, forage. <laughs> and, so, and you were like, that is my that. classification like, as person. I need to teach how to forage. Yeah, exactly. And I'm always like, yeah, and and I'm like, and the thing about it is, is I'm coming from a survival perspective. Is that okay? Let's think about like, like it's not. I mean, look, people do get lost. Things do happen. Uh, I mean, it's about ten thousand people a year have to get search and rescue uh, called out between the national parks and state parks, uh, city parks, kind of stuff. Uh, so it's not like it doesn't happen. Uh, and I have a Google alert. Uh, where I track like any news story that comes out about a lost hiker just to keep up to date kind of, you know, what's out. Particularly if I want to share a story, I'm trying to explain to somebody like why you need, for example, why do you need to carry survival gear with you? Basic stuff, like a knife, a compass, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I'm always like, 
you know, they're over within 72 hours. Like if you're like, you know, basically, and then look at three days, typically I would say they're often over, I would say 90% of the time it's overnight. You're never more than 24 hours. Uh, and if it's, you know, and then I'm always like, well, even if it's the max, like three days, uh, you don't have to worry about starving to death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you're not gonna like die from starvation after three days. I mean, you'd probably be really hungry, you'd but be you're not. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're not gonna yeah. die though. Yeah, yeah, because you know, because um, I'm like, yeah, have you all? Y'all need to go watch a lot alone, and that's maybe something we'll maybe talk about later. But I'm like the TV show Alone, this is reality show where basically they take ten contestants, they throw them out in the middle of nowhere, uh, with just like ten pieces of gear, and they just like, well, whoever lasts the longest wins. And I'm like, okay. They go like weeks without basically eating anything. Yeah. So like, <laughs> and that's like real, real. That's that's more yeah. real than any of those other shows have been. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's uh, I mean, yeah, that's what I'm always like. So my, my point about uh, finishing my foraging, I'm always like, and they're like, so I did start studying this like in May. I was like, uh, starting to research some stuff, trying to figure out, and and it's like because people get really upset about this. They're like, dude, like you don't know how to forage. I'm like. Okay, like there's this one person, like I think his name's Absumi. I'm like, he's like the world's best expert at foraging, and he's like, uh, you know, um, really, when you're learning to forage, you learn one plant at a time, yeah, because because mm-hmm. <laughs> most plants were they're not edible, or I mean, some of them, I mean, some of them can straight up, you know, kill you, uh, and other ones are like, are like going to, uh, you know, make you sick. So you have to really, you know, you really can't just screw around with this as opposed to like random animal. I have to go hunt and kill. I'm going to start, you know, starvation mode kind of situation. You pretty much can eat anything. Uh, meanwhile, the average plant is probably like not going to be healthy for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, that always kind of is kind of wild to me because it's like, how do you know which plant is bad and which isn't. I guess some random dude went out there, unluckily ate a plant, and he died. And the guy's like, "Well, we can't eat that plant, so let's check that off the, let's check that off the he list." That, that's it. That's exactly what happened. They they literally did that. That's what happened. You know, we're, we are all three of us are having a conversation because millions of people tested these plants out and, and died they, probably you know, <laughs> as we laugh and died as we <laughs> as we laugh yeah and died right and then whoever didn't eat like oh, okay bob don't eat that all right well sorry what happened to bob well you know that that that, that leafy green yeah <laughs> don't, don't get that one yeah well don't let's 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 mark that off as do not eat okay yeah. next one yeah. all right you take that plant let's see what that one does that happens yeah it's, well, yeah, it's fascinating is that um uh, World War II, the U.S. military came up with a system to help soldiers like learn how to like figure out is a plant, well, not even just a plant whole, but plant part edible. Because you think about like if you were going to go off and there, I mean, there, there were, you know, it was all over the world. Uh, you know, you might be in the South Pacific somewhere, and you know, the, country, you know, yeah. castaway situation, like. Yeah. <laughs> like the odds of you even having a guidebook that could tell you what the plant is. It's it still with you at that time is going to be pretty much zero. So yeah. you had to have a system where you can, and it's like, all right, you take this little bitty piece of like, you know, leaf, you know, rub it on your skin. Then you like wait 15 minutes. Does they have a, re- actually supposed to wait 24 hours, but I guess, you know, how, <laughs> how <laughs> desperate are you getting? All right. Yeah. <laughs> if they sort of like, adult, you know, sort of, yeah. Then you kind of like, you, you step through this, this whole process. And, and I'm like, uh, and then, well, the other thing too, like I did take a, um, reminds me, I did take a, a foraging class a couple of years ago, like one day, like, you know, kind of went out in the woods. Uh, and, uh, cause I'll just give my ge- general geography. I'm in Texas. And my joke about foraging in Texas is, uh, it's not like, cause I think when people think of foraging, they're like, Oh, there's going to be this field of berries and, you know, and I'm just going to eat that. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, and I'm like, okay, I'm in the plains. Like we don't have a lot of berries. I'm not in a cornfield. It's, you know, it looks like a lawn. Yeah. And in Texas, what it is, is our, the stuff that's edible, it's basically a weed. <laughs> you're just, you have to learn, you know, and then have they not sprayed it, you know, kind of stuff. Uh, but then I do remember the end of the day, like the whole day, he's, he's like walking around like, oh, yeah, this is a weed. It, you know, tastes, you know, it's edible. You can make a salad out of it or you can eat the root of this thing, blah, blah, blah. 
And when we got done, he was like, okay, if you keep in mind, I was telling you, everything we were eating here was edible. I never once told you it tasted good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it, when you get down to it, everything's not going to taste like a blueberry or something. Like you're going to yeah. eat stuff that's going to taste like pretty much like ass, basically. But yeah. if it's going to either mean you're going to die or not. So you might as well eat it, you know? Yeah. I don't mean to halt the conversation, but like when I was a kid, I found out that you can perfectly safely, I don't know about if it's the healthiest, but perfectly safely smoke a dandelion. And so I was doing that with my buddy, and uh, we thought we were so cool. That shit was really bad, though. It tasted awful. <laughs> Smoking a dandelion. dandelion is, like, if you know, it, dandelions actually, like I said, there's, there's two plants. Like, if you can safely, you can routinely, like, learn to identify, and you're going to be good. Dandelion's one of them. Yeah, I heard that, Everything too. on the dandelion's edible, and, uh, uh, like, and there's no toxic mimic. I heard like, there's like, no, like, there's like, yeah. I heard like back in like uh, the, the Great Depression and stuff, they would yeah. make dandelion like salads yep. and stuff, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck, that yep. sounds terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, again, it doesn't say it tastes good because it still tasted good. It would still be everywhere. But they would, yeah. They would just go out. They would just go out in their yard and be like, oh, well, we have no money to buy food, but we got dandelions. Well, let's go pick them and eat them. That's basically what they did. <laughs> Well, basically, well, yeah, I mean, you had to, like, I mean, we're so lucky. I mean, I know everything right now is crazy, um, but we are still lucky in the sense that, yeah, we haven't had to do that. Like, we're like, it's like, yeah, people would. I remember my grand, uh, grand, uh, grandmother going saying, yeah, you know, go make a dandelion yeah. salad, eating parts of an animal like we would never dream of eating. And she would be like, oh, man, I wish, you know, I wish I still, you know, they don't serve that stuff anymore. Oh, man, I would love yeah. to have some pork brains in my trambled eggs. Yeah, brains, mm. brains, yeah basically, yeah, cow brains. You're like, oh, I, I really miss that stuff. And you're just like, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm like, and I'm like, and I think I'm like, well, I've eaten some, like, really wild stuff. Like, um, I remember, because what is, um, I was like several years ago, I was a uh, California uh, friend uh, who he was a he was a sales rep. So he like we basically met unlimited budget. Right. So we go off and go to a fancy sushi place, the sushi place. The guy is like the, the, it, we did the chef menu where the chef just decides like what else, you know, he'll serve whatever, uh, whatever he wants, chef choice. Hmm. And I apparently set the record for amount of sushi and sake consumed in one evening. <laughs> <laughs> Those probably had something to do with each other combined. Yeah. So the, the waitresses were like, literally, no, you don't understand. Like, cause my back was to the chef. So I never saw him. No, the chef was sweating. They were like, how much food can this single human being eat? I'm, cause I'm six. You can't tell cause I'm close up, but I'm six, four, I'm six, four, two fifty. So with the size of the average NFL linebacker. Yeah. And not that I, not that I have, look, I have a keg. They have a six pack. I have a keg. Um, and you know, but I'm like, you know, but I can consume, I remember like, and then I said to like, cause I, later I saw the waitress again. I told her, well, yeah, I ate all the sushi and then I went to in and out. <laughs> then I went to in and out. You sound like me, but I'm not even, uh, I'm not even yeah. as tall or big as you. So yeah, I was like, well, they're little bites, you know, but anyway, so we come back the second time mm -hmm. I come through, I see him again. Uh, and the chef's like, okay, let's do it. Let's have, just, cause now he knows like I'll pretty much eat anything and we start off by eating jellyfish hmm. and uh and which was like it was and like, it's really like instagram was just out so i wasn't really like thinking about hey anything cool take a photo because we gotta you know take a photo of it mm -hmm. they really had wish because not was it just jellyfish it was like this really cool presentation like you know, a martini glass and and kind of thing and uh but anyway the point is like okay i'm like i'll eat jellyfish I'm not so sure I'm signing up for Calbrings. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I um I watch a show, Good Mythical Morning. Have you heard about it? What have is you heard it? about it? Good Mythical oh, Morning. Good Mythic um, no, no. Good no. Mythical Morning. No. It's on YouTube. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. Rhett, Rhett and Link and they had they hired a chef to uh, make food for them on their show because they'd always do these episodes called Will It where they would turn something that shouldn't be into a bunch of different uh, items and that yeah. guy when he started like they would do gross shit too so their last thing is always gross yeah. like they'll do tacos and it was congealed blood and it was just blood in a taco oh. yeah and so they did that um, but then like this chef's so good he would make congealed blood tastes good he made brains taste good liver he makes everything that you won't want he makes it taste good he's, he's good, god tier yeah. with it yeah <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know Je I know. jellyfish i i'm I'm pretty picky but i do love seafood though like 
I've had a few things of sushi, and I'm kind of broadening my horizons a little bit. But like jellyfish, like (laughs) I don't know. know. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't really taste like anything. It was more of a texture thing. It was just sort of like you know, like I, I. if you didn't tell him it was jellyfish, I would just thought like it was a really chewy noodle. Okay, like, so it's kind of just yeah, slimy yeah, kind of. Or just... thing, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like spicy or anything. or just like, oh, okay, you know, kind of like it kind of like there was some lettuce in it. You know, it was more. Uh, but yeah, when you talk about this, funny because like I'll eat like anything that kind of like seafood, meat, that. But uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not big on vegetables. Like tonight we were we were at the. Uh, a local hot startup restaurant, Applebee's. Oh yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I've heard about that. <laughs> yeah, Applebee's. Gotta try it out. Up and coming. Up and coming. <laughs> yeah, my, my I'm on the lookout for it. But they were there. I, I got the steak, and I didn't like. Uh, and so I, I didn't really realize like it was going to come with broccoli, and I have not eaten broccoli since like 1987. That's when I left my mom's house. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I, you. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't eat broccoli and I don't eat macaroni and cheese. Like that's my, like it's like, like I, 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 I won't even go thing. I will not eat elbow macaroni. It's just like, I, that's a, that's a trick. That's a trigger for me. Like I said, cause like there's dishes we grew, I grew up with. If it tasted bad, it almost seemed this the common ingredient was elbow macaroni. Now I huh. know macaroni has no taste. It's whatever the sauce is. Yeah. But yeah. if I see it, you know, it will, it'll ruin it. <laughs> That's that's interesting. I bet you I can make you a dish that you would uh, that you would enjoy with elbow macaroni. <laughs> I could I could do it. <laughs> I, I love macaroni and cheese. Yeah, yeah. The uh, well, that's the thing. My my wife doesn't like it either. And that was my dad's thing. He says when I got I told my parents I was getting married. Uh, my dad goes, uh, "Yeah, well, she's the only other human being on the planet who doesn't like macaroni and cheese. So that's how I know she's the one for you." He has he has a point. Just have a point. Um, we were talking about jellyfish. You know, what I learned the other day yep. what Minnesota has jellyfish. Oh, in their lakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're fresh, freshwater jellyfish. They have freshwater they, jellyfish. Yeah, yeah. They don't sting. They don't sting either. Yeah, they don't sting, and they're they're really small too. Yeah, freaking weird though. <laughs> yeah, I never heard of a freshwater jellyfish, but yeah, I saw that news article, yeah. and I was reading it, and they found them. They found the species in a few bodies of water up in this area, and I was like, wow. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, you know, now I start thinking about it. it. Makes sense if, like, you go back far enough, where like the oceans of the the Arctic was melted and stuff. It was ocean seawater. The glaciers would have they somehow survived. I mean, it's amazing what. Uh, as much as we get fascinated by outer space, that there's so much of. Uh, like the oceans, we just don't know about. Yeah, that's what's wild to me. We know more about like space. Yeah. I was just having this conversation. Yeah, yeah, I know. We yeah. it, it's so wild to me. Like, like we we're we're on Earth and we just send out probes and microscopes and we you know we look in the stars and we yeah. know about gases and planets and galaxies. We know more about that than we do, like the Atlantic Ocean yeah, or be, the Pacific because Ocean. It's so, it's so vast. It's also so deep, right? Because we can't even get to the bottom, can we? We can get to the bottom. It's just very hard. It's, it's yeah, very, it's like way yeah. more way it's more effort yeah. than they're worth taking. Yeah, it, like all yeah, the, well, the pressure and yeah. stuff. I get it, yeah. but it's like they're saying the ocean's so vast. You're looking in space. Like, what's more yeah. vast than that? Well, and that's what trips yeah. me out. Is like we're looking at space trying to figure out if there's life or whatever. But meanwhile, we have an entire universe of animals yeah. down in the bottom of the ocean that we don't know about. Because yeah, baseball. exactly. And they they're finding stuff. <laughs> They're finding animals and fish now that I've heard over the last, like, I don't know, 10 years that they thought were extinct, and they're not. And yep. it's like, that's kind of wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, oh, oh, it's things that like, tie together is that uh, um, oceans have opened up what our possibilities, what we think of, like, life in outer space. Now, part of the reason why I think we know more about space is because it's easier for any one of us to explore. Well, not explore, yeah. but, like, do research in outer space. Like, yeah. You know, if you think about a telescope, I go into, you know, well, heck, that was part of the reason why I initially got back into camping as an adult. I thought I was going to do more astronomy. Uh, And, um, but it just turns out, man, like, (laughs) even where I'm at, I have to go so far away to, like, get out to, you know, to really see anything. It's like, it's just not worth it. Um, But anyway, so I'll geek out on this stuff. But anyway, if you think about before we had lights, it was easy for people to take a telescope, binoculars. You could go off and start just studying the 
guy versus like yeah, to find like the deep sea squid. Yeah, yeah. even going underwater. Think about just how I mean, just to go out on the ocean. I think about when I go on a cruise. I'm like, you know, like day two when you're just in the middle of the ocean, and you're like, you don't see land anywhere, and yeah. you're just like, how brave were those guys? Those people, like, where they <laughs> yeah. just hopped on. Like they said, okay, look, I'm so. I, I, I really, I think like the pilgrims. I'm like, okay, how bad was life? Where you said, all right, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to chop down some trees. I'm going to saw them in half. I'm going to nail them together. And we're going to, where we're going, dude, we're going that way. We're just going that way. Don't even know where. And back then, they thought, like, there was the end of the earth. They didn't know the earth was around. So they were like, well, we're just going to go until we fall off the world, I guess. Whoa, 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 whoa. The earth's not rounded. Okay, all right. The earth is flat. Okay, all right. I forgot. It's funny about that conversation. I had because uh, I did I had a, like something came up at a work event. They're like, "Man, I can't believe people like are saying the world's flat." And I'm always like, "Well, what makes you think they're not just trolling you?" Like it's just because because you know every time if you have that conversation, someone because sometimes like if, if someone's like really gets at it, gets upset if someone says it, I'm always like, um, like I don't know why it gets you upset, but if if I if I was seeing you and you were getting upset. And I was just like wanting to play fun with you. Like I might just reply back. Like, of course it's flat. You know, I <laughs> I, I heard I heard something where this flat earther was talking about like that the world is flat, and he said he said the reason why we all just don't fall off the edge of the earth is because Antarctica is all like is like yeah it's a ring around <laughs> ring around yeah. the earth. And then like he was like on live TV doing this whatever, and the people on TV yeah. were like, "Well, have you gone down there?" He's like, well, no, I haven't. And he's, and then the people are like, well, in today's age, don't you think it'd be pretty easy to take a boat and just go over there and then see what's on the other side if the world's flat? And he's like, well, we don't know. It could be a different dimension. It could be, it could be a, a something to somewhere else. There could be more than just one planet. There could be like three Earths. Just over, and then people are like looking at him. It's like, well, then go on a boat and go. Well, I don't want. I, we can't do that. We don't know what's back. We don't know. We don't know what's over there. And then they're like, well, then go. Like, if you don't yeah. know, then you go. You can actually go. You have to be guided. You can't just go there freely. But that's one of the things yeah. that they catch you on. <sighs> yeah. Since you're not free to tour it on your own, then they're covering up a huge conspiracy. Yeah. It's, that's it's, right. Well, that's, yeah, that, would, that would be awesome. Like, that's the real, that's the real conspiracy. It's, it's like Antarctica doesn't exist. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, he's like, there is no North Pole. And he's like, there is no North or South Pole. It's just a circle and it's Antarctica around. And people are like, yeah. what do you mean? Like, they're like really confused about it. I don't know, flat flat earthers just really... Well, I can tell when they're being serious sometimes because I, I, I remain calm and I just yeah. talk to them about it and then I can tell they're getting upset when I find a like a hole yeah. in their plan and then or their thought process and then they start getting upset and I'm like, you actually believe this. See, I never, I never came <laughs> yeah. across one, luckily. I, I've, I've only like heard them on, you know, you know, yeah. podcasts or like on... they're mystical beings. I've never came across one before. <laughs> I know. Oh, well, yeah. Well, it's like it's yeah, the uh, um, the yeah. I mean, it's. I, I think some of this is is a side effect of like social Drugs. media amplifying things that are just really weird. And it's like if the guys on TV, okay, it's like it's sort of like okay. One of my my ultimate. Um, like guilty pre- pleasures is to watch the Real Housewives franchise with my wife. It's okay. like the end. Uh, but I kind of realized, okay, the women who have been on it for a long time, they understand like the shtick. Like there's a thing. If you go on that show and you're just a calm person and you never have an argument over anything, you're not going to get money or nothing. You're not going to. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to be on there. So same thing. I got to And we have this evolution of now. You know, of course, even before we got YouTube shows and podcasts all these talk shows on TV that just had to fill time. And you're like, okay, it's, you know, it's Thursday night, middle of the summer, nothing's happening. What do we, who do we have? You know, you know, we've got, you know, uh, you know, we got so-and-so to come on and talk about, you know, flat earth. All right, let's just see it. Uh, or they maybe just have people on call and say, look, I'll talk whatever. Just to Sounds be like our podcast. Sounds like our podcast, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I like the, I I literally thought that flat earthers were just trolling everybody. Like I did I yeah. didn't know that there's people that actually believe it. And then like as I'm learning more and more about it, like not only interviews on TV or YouTube yeah. or podcasts, I'm thinking yeah. like 
there is legit people in 2022 that went to school that know everything about all the scientists have said, and they literally, they actually physically believe that the Earth is flat. And it just, it baffles my mind. Like, that's one of the conspiracy theories that I just can never get behind. And I'm a big conspiracy theory. Like, I love conspiracy theories. Like, if you give me a good one, and you can actually give me some pretty good, like, you know, evidence or, like, some of your own opinions, I'm all, I'm, tell me all about I, it. Fuck it, I'm on board. You know, let's go. But you I, you I, throw away a flat Earth, I'm like, I no, dude, you already lost me. Well, that, yeah, well, I'll just go jump in on the other conspiracy thing because I am named after what we thought was a conspiracy theory for 50 years until my dad solved the mystery. Okay, uh, so I'll bite. Yeah, yeah, I'll bite. <laughs> yeah, Let's so, go. Yeah, so yeah, in fact, and you can look this up. My there was uh, I, I know y'all. Are, uh, do y'all remember the TV show or familiar with the TV show called Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, so this so it was even featured on the on the original OG Unsolved Mysteries. Okay, uh, the. Uh, so yeah, so what it was is the, uh, my dad's bunk mate in the Navy. So my dad, like he was, my, well, <laughs> they, were, they were in the Navy. His best friend was named Marcus, who I'm named after, Mark Dennis. Uh, he was, um, he got sent to Vietnam. Mark introduced my mom to my dad because Mark's fiance was my mom's roommate in college. They were okay. in nursing school together. Okay. And uh, so what happened is, uh, just to go, it gets too confusing, but since I share his name, <laughs> I was called by his last name. De- Dennis goes off to Vietnam, and he, they, the military comes back and says he died. Now, the thing is, uh, they, uh, the casket comes home. A Marine guard sits on top of the casket. They won't let him see the casket. Like, they can't open the body, can't open the casket, so they won't do any of that. And they, versus it's kind of weird, but anyway, they happen. My dad has like a couple of years goes by. My dad's like uh, on base and runs into a person who says, yeah, I just got back from Vietnam. My dad said, I lost my best friend there. He says, what was his name? He says, Mark Dennis. He goes, I knew Dennis. I was there the day the helicopter got shot down. He didn't die. And then goes on. And then there's this famous Newsweek photo in like 1973 talking about a POW that might have been left behind. And um, uh, he, uh, then they said, well, um, and it looks like Mark, it looks like Dennis, it looks like him. And they go, okay. So now they start investigating. And it, there's just like, they're like, oh, wait a minute. There were 13 people on this helicopter. They only got 10 bodies. What happened to the other three? We have photographs where you can see people jumping out of the helicopter as it got shot down. Uh, and like, well, what happened? All that stuff. Uh, De- uh, Dennis's brother becomes an arson investigator. He, he keeps going on. He actually gets the body exhumed. Uh, they find out, like, basically it's not Dennis's body in the casket. Oh, wow. Like, it is clearly not. The, of course, the military says it is. Of course. You know, I mean, family now fights in their 20-year battle. DNA testing goes on up until, like, it was like, oh, this happened, like, five years ago. They're doing DNA testing. Come on out. The military agrees, like, okay, we're going to take a sample. The family could take a sample. The family takes a sample. Their sample says it's clearly not, not Mark Dennis. It's unknown. The military says it is Mark Dennis. Case closed. Uh... Now, by now, his mom's died. His brother's died. We're like we're in a like third generation of like you know trying to ruin this mystery. So the then the truth gets, comes like, clean. Then after that, well, yeah. So what happens is, last year my dad retires. My dad decides to write a book on it, and um, he's researching. My dad, you know, there's a joke on Google. So where's the best place to hide a dead body? Page two of Google. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> probably true. My dad is on page six. My dad is on page six looking for stuff. <sighs> and he stumbles onto this website, U.S. Department of Defense website, and where it turns out at some point in time, uh, what would say, the military, we've been working since the United States and Vietnam are now, you know, friendly. We've been going together through all the battle sites we know about looking for remains. They finally got to this, the battle where Mark Dennis was killed and or his helicopter was shot down. And what happened was it turns out that the military had gone there with the Vietnamese government, found the helicopter, 
lifted the helicopter up and found three bodies. Yeah. And so, and, and when, so when they did this DNA test, what happened was those were the remains the military tested. They just didn't make it clear to the family that's what they were testing. Uh, huh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, huh. But for, but for 40 years, I was going to go like, because I, like, I was like, you know, I was like, I, I could always throw like going, I don't know, conspiracy theory, but then I was like, well, I'm kind of related to one. It, it, it was an Unsolved Mysteries episode. Oh, yeah, okay. It's really, really wild just to watch an actor play one of your parents on TV. Ima- yeah. <laughs> Ima- imagine, imagine like being the the mother or the brother of that Mark Dennis guy, thinking like, okay, yeah. well, if he's not dead, is he is he kidnapped? Is he a POW? Is he being tortured? Is he blah blah? Yeah. And the whole time he's just, I don't mean to be disrespectful, but he's just chilling underneath the helicopter. Yeah, well, no, that's that's because that was in the end. With that was sort of like we felt a little better about it because that, you're right. That yeah. was the fear. Yeah. So, like, I mean, so for example, if you're a Gen Z millennial. It's no, no, like Vietnam, like there was a whole, we, we, for, well, we, well, we do know we did leave some people behind Yeah, that they had to. And then, so that was, but then we, we then we, we did re- bring them back home. But the thing was, was that, I mean, there was a whole genre of movies in the 1980s about like going off and like rescuing POWs. Like, like Sylvester Stallone became like Rambo became Rambo went from a serious character to a, to the first Marvel superhero <laughs> <laughs> starting off by going to rescue the POWs in Vietnam. Yeah. That was, that was the, uh, uh, Oh yeah. Cause I want to go after the finish thing. I'm we'll talk about some Stallone quick, but, uh, uh, the, uh, but anyway, you know, that was the whole thing. And that was our fear. Cause, and then when, this, when that TV episode came out and that was like in uh, like 92 or so, 93, somewhere in there, like it had the most people calling in with tips. And that was just like this whole volume of stuff. And it was, uh, it was pretty wild. And then, you know, it was just like, okay, we have this thing. And, uh, and then, then we finally find out like, okay, I said, I went from like going, yeah, of course it's a conspiracy. And then like, oh no, it's this bureaucratic snafu caused by, because of the friggin' war, you know, it was a war and I, you know, before we have all the technology and all this stuff and it just, fortunately that's what happens sometimes. Yeah, I think it's just uh, the government just hiding things that they always do. Yeah, they definitely tend to do that, especially military stuff. That's the most covered up shit. Yeah, they keep yeah. that stuff like on lock. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, yeah. There's uh, um, yeah. I mean, they have to. Yeah, I mean, there's just uh, uh, yeah. I don't know how much I want to go, but yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot of uh, yeah, stuff that happens that's you know, uh, amazing, and I mean, well. There's stuff they do for secret, and then there's stuff that's yeah conspiracy, and then a lot you know. Then, then I'm like, I always like to try and be more, uh, uh, like having conversations like this. I like to be more like, well, I'm kind of amazed more about like some of the like the cool secret stuff that happened we just didn't know about. Like I'm reading a book right now about so in '82 the United Kingdom and Argentina fought a battle or fought a war over the Falkland Islands, which. It, even if you spotted me Google Maps, I don't know if I could find the Falkland Islands. <laughs> Is it off the coast? I'm guessing of Argentina. Yeah, it's or? off the coast. Yeah, it's off the, it's off the coast of, of Argentina. And it's one of these things, like you know, talking about going back to like you know, hopping on the wooden ships trying to find out if the Earth is flat or not. Like it's one of those islands, like England took over in like eight, 1700s and just like kept a you know outpost there for for a long time. And then Argentina took it over, and by in '82. Anyway, so Great Britain decided to take it back. And it's just like, like, 82, the early 80s is still like right when the military technology is still like in this weird gap between like, the like, like Wright Brothers technology yeah. <laughs> of navigation and like modern GPS. Like they're literally going like, they're, 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 I'm reading this book and they're like, they're trying to talk about like, okay, they're like, we're gonna fly these bombers. We have one. They have one aircraft in entire inventory because UK didn't have any. Well, they like they had one aircraft carrier, but they didn't really have like it, it was, they, they didn't have. They, they weren't like the US Nimitz. Like they yeah. They really didn't have. Uh, and so they had like this one aircraft in their inventory. They could possibly fly there, and they're like, but these aircraft were designed <laughs> to fly over Europe to fight the Soviets. 
Not over like the water or like well, exactly. long distance. They're like, how are we going to figure out where are we at? And at first they were <laughs> just thinking, keep like, going straight. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They were like, the island's were east. Like, Let's go east. <laughs> yeah, they, they, well, that's basically what it is. It's like, yeah, take off and go south, and you're going to look up, use a sextant to find the stars to figure out where you're at. <laughs> And, this is in the and 80s, okay? Like, Not the 1700s, this is the 80s. Let's just... Yeah, exactly. And then they were like, that will keep us within like 40 miles of the target, which would be fine if I was flying a commercial airliner, I could adjust. Not when there's people back there with anti-aircraft guns ready to shoot me down. Like, I have to be... The only way these planes can make their target is that they fly straight, hit the... De- get as, like, basically fly across the treetops and bomb their target. Yeah, they got to be pretty and low turned, to the ground. Yeah, they yeah, got to... Yeah. And so it turned out what they ended up doing was, like, finding that, like, the... Like, some British airliner had retired some airplanes that had flown international routes, and they just, like, ripped the navigation system out of it. That'll work. <laughs> and they're, like, you know, they're, like, taking hammers and saws to the airplane and like cutting holes in it to figure out where like like oh hey bob you don't need air conditioning right i know it's gonna be a 12-hour flight you know with three other men you know huddled together but uh you know just open the cockpit or something i guess <laughs> they should uh do that before you know when they do like pre-flight inspection of the plane and stuff they should start doing that just like sawing at shit and putting random stuff in random places and taking stuff out <laughs> Just to bring you know, people out. They should have a Halloween version <laughs> of a flight. You know, there was... <laughs> hey, no, this is, like, true story. When I was... Uh, when I first moved up here in Minnesota in, like, 2014, that next year in 2015, I went to go back to Kentucky to visit my family. And so I went down there. I flew down there from here. And then I was leaving Louisville, Kentucky to fly back, right? So... But this time, I've flown a couple of times, but not really a lot. But I'm sitting yeah. there at the gate, and I, I go in, and I board the plane. Right, so we're on the plane. All right, yeah. this is a, it's it's not a huge plane, but it's got you know three seats on this side, three seats on this side. So it's a pretty yeah. decent plane. We're sitting there chilling, and um, the they they get done fueling up, and they try turning on like the plane, like the plane, but like they they keep like we kept stalling, they kept delaying it, kept delaying it, and we're all sitting there like just sitting there chilling. We're like, what's going on? Finally, over the intercom, the uh, the pilots like. Like yeah, we're having some uh, engine problems. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, he's like, um, so he's like, if if we can't get this figured out, we're gonna have to either, uh, we're gonna have to onboard everybody and we gotta change the engine out, or we're gonna redirect you to a different flight. And I'm like, <laughs> what in the world is going on? That's just what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what I want to hear when I'm flying from Louisville, Kentucky to Minneapolis. And then they couldn't get it to work. Like they're like, yeah, the engine's having problems. So they ended up, we got off the plane. And then we were sitting there, and I'm like, "This is the only flight that they said that they said there's no other flights leaving. You either have yeah. to come back tomorrow, or hopefully wait until they ch- fix the engine." So I'm like, "Well, I'm going to take my chances. I got to go back to Minnesota. I got to work the next day. I can't just miss work." So I'm sitting there chilling in the in the um in the airport, and like three four hours goes by, and finally finally they're like, "Yeah, we we took the plane to the hangar, and uh, we just put a new engine on, and it's good to go." And I'm like, "You swapped out a whole engine, and now it's good to go in three hours." The <laughs> <laughs> wildest thing that ever happened to me was so I, I was a traveling cons- consultant for like twenty years, so I have all every a lot of horror stories, uh, but the funniest one was. Uh, I got to the airport at like 5.30 in the morning for like an 8 a.m. flight kind of thing because, you know, you got to get there early, whatever, get because it's for TSA pre-check and stuff no. and just right after. So it's like we're uh, – and but it was after 9-11, so it was like it's still like a night, you know, kind of hard in a long time to get through. So anyway, my, I'm there. I didn't sleep much the night before. I stayed up too late. And I was sort of like, oh, you know what, I'll sleep on the airplane. Uh, so I get there and I'm like, as I'm, I'm at the terminal, I'm waiting and, and I'm, I'm, and I'm like at, uh, you know, I'm in, you know, American airlines, biggest, you know, airport. And I'm like, so they come on the air thing and go like, yeah, uh, we're waiting for the airplane to come from the hangar, had to get overnight, you know, maintenance. Uh, we're going to bring it up. I'm like, ah, no big deal. They've got every airplane here. Um, yeah, we're still waiting on the airplane. <laughs> Two hours, like three hours go by. Um, we don't know how to tell you all this, but we've lost the airplane. <laughs> and I'm like, we yeah, right. I said, okay, two things. 
one, okay, I don't know how you lose an airplane on the ground. But okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this Grand Theft Airplane? Is there some like, you know, is there, is there some, some, yeah, GTA, GTA, yeah. <laughs> GTA Airplane. I'm like, okay. And then someone said, well, I said, at least I wasn't on the airplane. If you're going to lose an airplane, I would have to be in the terminal. That is Not fair. on the airplane. That's, that's fair, yeah. You know, because I did have an airplane emergency once where as we were coming into landing, uh, the... I was, uh, I remember like, I was so happy of the flight where I, I got upgraded to first class. So it was like, you know, and I was flying Dallas, Dallas to New York and I was coming in, we were coming into, uh, to land and all of a sudden the plane tick goes back up. I'm like, okay, well, that's a bit odd. Yeah. It's a little odd. Yeah. And then, uh, the stewardess comes now the drink cart's been put up and locked and the stewardess comes through and goes, flight attendant comes in, she says, Hey, uh, yeah, the, the we don't know if the landing gear came down. <laughs> you don't know if the land you you, you can kind of like feel it though. You know, you can kind of yeah. you can you know it makes that noise and then it like boom, you can hear it lock. I was like, I was like, but you just put the drink cart up. I need the drink cart to come back to me because yeah, now I need some alcohol. Sure if, yeah, if I don't want to like, I don't want to die in a fiery plane crash sober. If I know I'm going to cry, I don't want to like you know, I, I want to be like. Um, and like I don't like because I'm pretty sure I could stumble down that slide drunk. I'm pretty sure I could just fall out of the airplane. <laughs> you know, I could get and um, and then she's like, uh, "But don't worry, there's two mechanics on board." Now I'm like, "What?" I saw that Steven Seagal movie, Kurt Russell, where they kind of climb an airplane. I'm like, "Are they going to jump out of an airplane with hooks? Is this some kind of Fast and the Furious franchise I don't know about?" Wait, where where <laughs> they had two mechanics on board and they were just going like, "What?" Just. <laughs> Casually work on the landing gear as you're flying around the airport, like yeah, <laughs> as like, you do circles around the That's my question. And then so the the, the co-pilot comes out of the airport out of out of the front deck, and he's just white as a ghost. <laughs> that's not good. Like, that's a point? very that is a perfect sign. Whenever the pilot himself comes out and his face is hey, just like co-pilot. The other co-pilot. one, might, the other one might have been perfectly fine. He just comes out just like pale as a ghost. He's like, we're gonna be okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I was like joking about earlier. We had that conversation about flat Earth. I'm like, I don't care if you believe it or not, as long as the pilot understands how everything works. That's, I'm, I'm okay, right? <laughs> you know, and, that's the um, important part. Yeah. <laughs> so I look back in the back. So it turns out in the middle of the airplane, like the the carpets come up, and there's a, there's a maintenance hatch, and and he crawls down the maintenance hatch. And he goes down the plane. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, he grabbed a parachute. I knew I'd have been really in trouble. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but he climbed, he goes down, and apparently what it was is like the switch was bad. The, and they, they said, he, they later said, yeah, there's actually is an emergency release. If like the high, basically you can pull a lever down there and the landing gear will automatically drop. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, but so really, wasn't as like bad as you kind of think it is. But still, it's like it's nerve wracking because you're just <laughs> yeah. sitting there in the airplane. And but anyway, so this this woman across the aisle from me is asleep this entire time. <laughs> now we come in, we land. As we're landing, the entire like JFK Fire Department is there to greet us. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. <laughs> All the lights going, everything's ready, you know, sort of all that shorting, foaming the runway. Like, we're like, we come down and we land and it's fine. This woman, like, she wakes up, she goes, what happened is, oh, New York City's fire department always greets everybody. You know, what <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Could you imagine waking up and just see the whole fire department just, like, greeting you? God. But, you know, speaking of that, that mechanic going down there and releasing the uh, the landing gear, can you imagine if he, like... Let's say there wasn't an emergency switch, yeah. like lever, right? Let's say that he actually had to fix a switch, and then there wasn't a switch. Could you imagine yeah. if he popped back up and was like, "Yeah, I just MacGyvered it. It's it's fine. <laughs> yeah, we're good. I, I used some zip ties and duct tape. Yeah, we're gonna sell it. We're gonna land the Hudson. Is what we're gonna do. I mean, that's what's gonna happen. We're. I mean, anyway, oh yeah. The guy next to me is talking. It's like, hey, don't worry about it. Just relax. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I was, I was always that one like, guy. Yeah. He goes, I served in Afghanistan. I said, okay, thank you, thank you. That's, that's down. He goes, he goes, I was shot down. 
I survived. Okay, all right. You know, I don't know how combat relates to me flying an airplane in the JFK, <laughs> but okay. Uh, then he goes, actually, I'm thinking about it. It's like three times. I'm like, dude, you're just bad luck. You need to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you're sitting next you to a to bad luck charm. <laughs> If you're like you know, because I like if I had known that, I would have gone to the gate and I'm like, I gotta get the next flight. I don't yeah. care. But put, put know, him I'm on the no flight list. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I was gonna make it. I'm done. I'm, uh, I'm uh, out of here. I'm out of here. Were you gonna make um, a joke? Yep, I'm not going to anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't. I don't. I'm trying to think of what kind of joke you're gonna make, but I can't figure it out. Okay, uh, so I do want to keep it somewhat. Uh, on what topic you had because I know you wanted to come on here and talk about your your books and your website and everything. So I want to I want to shift back to that, but I want to ask you three questions. Sure. Yep. Start with the first one. Um, you write so you have written books about like survival yep. in the woods, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. So have you ever thought about writing books about like survival in the streets? You know, <laughs> survival Actually, in the I streets. Have. That is part of my you next have. thing. I have. Uh, uh, it's. Yeah, I mean, it, well, it's already like, you know, I got three questions to say yes. So this, the short answer is yes. Uh, the uh, And I didn't, and, and like the outdoor survival one was driven entirely just by surveys. And then the kind of like the urban survival was like, okay, there's, maybe there's a market for that. But I'm like, then I'm like, then you wake up and, and you're like, oh, Russia's invaded Ukraine. And we're like, <laughs> suddenly, yeah. or, or today's news. Russian Ukrainian are, are are playing grant you know playing Call of Duty nuclear power plant <laughs> playing Call of Duty nuclear power plant. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Which I'm like, there's this things I don't want to read about. Like I don't. Want... <laughs> so what's your second question? Second question is um, when people go and buy one of your books, maybe all fucking forty. I don't know. Uh, what yeah. do you What do you hope that they take away when they get to when they when they read them? Yeah, well, I'd say half the books are like on survival stuff, and half of them are like just like general camping stuff. Uh, so I would say, I, I hope every time somebody reads one of my books, they're at least taking away one lesson from that book. Because the books, because the book, I said when we say books, the thing about what's great about Amazon, uh, well, the Kindle is like, I mean, I I used to I did publish a book in the '90s, which was a straight up 300 page behemoth. You know, you could use it as a defensive weapon if you. Oh, like, like paper, yeah. uh, like a legit book. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, and these are more like you know 30 page little guides because Kindle like and we just don't Kindle doesn't. Uh, so I'm hoping now that each one of those are taking at least one key piece away. Like maybe for example, like when it's a foraging book, that it's. Um, uh, you know, it's like, oh, okay, look, if I should learn how to identify a dandelion because if I am in a situation where uh, I, I, you know, or maybe for example, maybe it's like I'm not in survival, but I'm, I have a field. I know there's dandelions. Maybe I do want to try and, you know, uh, roll my dandelion blunt or. <laughs> or yeah, yeah. Or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or, for example, one I have a. I have a book on cowboy camping. Uh, it's my, that's my best selling book. Uh, I bet it is because a lot camping. of people are afraid it, to do it, it so. Yeah, camp, it's camping without a tent, and and people sort of find my favorite my favorite review on it is like, Mark doesn't actually say I should take a tent, but he strongly feels like he's emphasizing it. And I'm like, <laughs> well, and I feel like it's just part of these things where like I know you read they got the book because you want to be you're like I want to be a tough guy and I want to like camp without a tent. Like I personally, when I backpack, I don't take a tent. I just take a tarp. But I'm also like I'm me. I know how to assemble a shelter, you know, with like yeah, a, yeah. You know, a couple of twigs and stuff in, in a hurry. And uh, and because I'm dressed properly, like mosquitoes don't bother me. I have I can I sleep with I can sleep with a like a bug net over my face. A lot of people are like I can't sleep with a bug net. Like they just they don't they get they get claustrophobic. And also like or like if you've never put up a tarp shelter before, and it starts raining. Best case scenario, you're going to be miserable and got to get back in your car and go home. Yeah, you're going to get yeah. wet and get annoyed, and you're just going to Boys. leave. Yeah, or worst case, you decided to go off in the woods a few miles, and now you are facing a potential true survival situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, so that's where it's kind of like, and that's always like, okay, you know, but, and it's just sort of funny, like, that's the book that became the popular one. Like, I thought, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> apparently... Five ways to have fun with your family while camping is not as a bestseller as much as the person who's like, I want to learn how to hardcore camp. So yeah. I, I think the thing that he want, that he hopes people take away from his books is 
he's like, you know what? I just hope that they read my book of survival and don't die. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. that's just probably a better one. Yeah. yeah, read the book and don't die. Yeah, well, if, if you can read my book and don't die, you're doing good. And yeah. see, my third question is based off of how good you answered the second one. Because my third question is, did you write forty books for the passion of writing, or did you write forty books for the passion of money? Yes. Yes, so both. <laughs> so a mixture. So, okay, that's well, actually I mean, a fair so, answer. Well, so for example, the thing is that well, I, yeah, uh, when I was six years old, um, I'm almost fit, I'm 49. So when I was six years old, I told my mom I wanted to be a writer. Okay. Now, when I said that, I imagined I would, uh, I was thinking like fiction writing, writing novels. And I've tried off and on over my life to, to write a novel. I'm good at stories. If I could figure out how to pair up somebody to make a movie, I think, or it, I, I have a really, I'm, I'm a movie person. Mm-hmm. I suck at writing fiction. I just horribly, I, I think it's a side effect of, because I've been in the business world for like 30 years and I've had, and then when academia before that, and I got really good at writing content for, for like basically, you know, school reports and, and business that, Part of the skill set to learn how to write a novel is just doesn't exist in me, and I've like tried. Sorry um, if you can hear that. By the way, that's that's my bad. I'm a terrible, yeah. terrible at doing but, a podcast. Yeah, what happened? Well, you oh. probably didn't hear it. No, he, his phone went off, but it's whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, the issue is it's coming on the it was coming on the computer too. But oh, okay, uh, okay, we're oh, we're good. We're good. Gotcha, gotcha. I'm good. Sorry well, to cut you off. I didn't hear it on my side, so hopefully both. But that's funny. Uh, the. Uh, um, the, as I was like, you know, the thing is, uh, it's just like, so anyway, so then I started writing nonfiction books in the, uh, in blogs in the nineties and I did, uh, uh, and so I say, I, in fact, I've been blogging longer than the word blog and the word Google exists. Oh, so you you won the pioneers. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, I, I was the Oregon Trail of blogging. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so back, when, back when we had to hand carve our HTML, like it was. Uh, yeah, back when it was a headache. You know, yeah, exactly. Back when you had uh, back when you had uh, floppy disks. <laughs> yeah, back, yeah, bingo, yeah. So, uh, and so I've just always been a writer, uh, and then I would think, and a lot of these books come out of that. Uh, so. When it's like, so, cause you know, it's like, if I can't, like, for example, I'm in Texas. So, uh, like, and this summer has been, we look every Texas summer is warm, but typically we're able to go camping until about July 4th weekend. Like uh, that's when the triple digits hit. Yeah. Uh, this year it started on May 1st. It's been a hot summer, huh? Yeah. So I'm just stuck at home. Like not even with coat, like, well, some of the stuff started during COVID. Like, what am I going to do? I'm, I'm stuck, you know, I can't go outside, uh, you know. Uh, and then some of it was like, I will, I was just like, all right, I uh, want to just, you know, uh, it's like the summers is like, I can't go outside. I can't, stay. I know this stuff. There's somebody who wants, you know, and if I can help somebody, I guess what it comes down to it is like, if I can help somebody, like I can legitimately help somebody uh, with one of my books or a blog post, or a YouTube video, that's great. And then I'm not, you know, it's like, look, you know, uh, uh, I'm not opposed to making some money from it, but <laughs> right, yeah, of course not. I, I think it comes down to like, you know, it, if you like writing, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, survival tips, whatever, and you enjoy it and it's a hobby, then why not do that and also make a little money on the side? But that's that's yeah. how I look at it. like like we. Like our podcasting, obviously, we're like very amateur. We're amateurs. Yeah. We don't expect to be or professionals. Sells himself short all the time. <laughs> I don't we're professional yeah. podcasters. Yeah, professional. No, 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 I will straight up say this. You, y'all, actually, for even if you're quote unquote amateur, you're do. You've actually have a very professional podcast. Well, uh, we'll appreciate it. Like his his setup is. I mean, we have decent microphones. We have you know we have really good setup. So we are doing good with that aspect and. I've never did podcasting until he invited yeah. me. I think it was like what back last September, November, yeah. something yeah. like that. Yeah. So we've been doing podcasting for not even a year yet, and I enjoy it. Like I didn't think I would like it, but I actually do enjoy it. Uh, also, <laughs> for you, speaking of uh, you getting your link posted in, in the show notes and all that, uh, I'm an author, so I'd appreciate oh, it if you would go check out my book. You can search my name on Amazon, and you'll find sure. you'll find all my books. Yeah, don't you? Or fiction you or have or two, right? What's up? They're a fiction. Uh, fiction. 
Yes. Fiction? Oh, cool. Yes. You have two, right? Two or three. I have two novels, and I have three books of poetry. That's right, yeah. Oh, well, well cool. Hey, yeah, no, that's great. No, that's fantastic. So, what are the, what are the novels <laughs> wanted on to plug there? myself on my own podcast. Hey, oh, no, no, go right ahead. We're, we're now, we're become, you know, author. I'm, not, no, I'm just like, hey, like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just happy to help promote. I just love talking to other authors. I'm, I'm otherwise, I'm just, you know, it's all like a... Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm always curious to ask if people actually like the writing or if they like the money. Okay, well, that's, okay, that's good. Okay, for my, like I said, I, I mean, to, for example, because for, for a long time I was sitting there trying to, like, I tried the social media stuff. Like, I mean, I've, you know, I understand, I, I can tell y'all what you need to be successful on YouTube, TikTok, uh, Facebook, all these things. I, because I, I've been in marketing and all that kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. like, for example, we talked about the ocean stuff. Like, one of my friends runs the largest. Uh, fan club about octopuses uh, on uh, and it's and it's so popular. Facebook grabs him and uses him uh, for like anytime they're doing a marketing because it's a not completely nonprofit like thing. Uh, so, I mean, cool. he raises what it is is he he focuses on octopuses, but it's designed to raise money for ocean conservation. Oh, but cool. like one of the ways they make money is they sell the raise funds is they sell T-shirts. Uh, also, really funny is. You know, it's so funny. People say about Instagram, you know, and the TikTok. They're like, well, yeah, you know how you, like, get popular? You, you're, like, good-looking? Okay, my friend is a former male model. He is, like, the most ridiculously good-looking human being I know personally. Um, and when he shows himself on his videos, everybody in the community is like, dude, we want to see the octopus. Like, just get <laughs> off the screen. Like they, they, don't, they don't care about him. They're like, let me see the animal. Well, because, well also, first, first of all, nobody cares about good-looking guys. It's all good with me. All good looking that, women. That's a good point. That might yeah. be a good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it might. That would be an interesting thing. But uh, uh, but yeah, it's so funny. But yeah, I said. But you know, I and and what happened was, I just started getting the point. Is you know, I just love to write. I just love to write. And I was writing before. Like, I was writing fiction before there was even a like when Amazon was just a river in the South America, right? It was like yeah. there was no, you know, there was no. Uh, you know, I had stuff and I just was like, you know, and I've always said, I've always, you know, I wish I could find a, uh, like a writing teacher or something to really kind of help me get better at like, like, for example, I'm not, what I struggle with is like writing the description and the scene, like, or like fleshing it out. Like I went to like, I know I probably have a novel worth of story here. And then it's like 50 pages. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, see what, yeah. yeah see what's crazy to me is like when you get into fiction, like, um, the guy, what's the guy's name that wrote Lord of the Rings? What's his? Yeah. Oh, Tolkien. 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 Yeah. So like, it's crazy because that's that's a huge book, but there's so much like lore behind it. Yeah, and it's all world building too, because it's fantasy, which is the genre yeah. matters. Because fantasy people care so much about each race, each backstory, yeah. each world. So it's like like he so. and di- didn't he say something like he had like dreams about it or something or he had yeah a, he, probably. But also, here's the key thing about Tolkien. He was paid per word. Oh, so he really okay. But so also, that makes fantasy sense. is just and here's a, the, the, my sense. favorite author that shows you the difference between what happened is Robert B. Parker. He's a um, a crime novelist. He created a character called Spencer, okay. a mystery like novelist, uh, private detective, and he started his career when they were still paid per word okay. writing novels. And then halfway through his career, they switched over to being just straight book sales. Just book sales, yeah. His book length went in half. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, you know, the first books were like, you know, there's like, you know, you're writing every little thing. I mean, cause I think, for example, what happened with Tolkien, like, he added like an extra like 50 pages once, you know, to, to like Lord of the Rings just to like get to like paper formula or something. It was just like... These things, and you're just pounding. Now, it was just like it's good stuff, but still, you have to understand, like, why are you know why are they doing it this way? It's like because well, they were paid per word, so you'd write stuff. I mean, uh, another famous novelist, Raymond Chandler, he uh, he's like the guy. He's the person who like created the modern private detective, and his first successful novel, The Big, I guess, The Big Sleep. There's a scene in the middle of the book where this, like, car wreck happens. Car goes off the... And we don't know what happens. And they were, like, asking later, like, they like, like, what happened? Like, what happened to that person? He goes, I don't know. Like, I was, like, I, I didn't... Maybe was, if I knew this book was going to become this 
famous, this popular, I would have finished it off. But like he says, I was like, I was writing a book a week. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's what you did back back in the day. You just yeah. published a book a week to you know to, to put food on the table, and you're not thinking that this is going to become a popular seller. Well, yeah. yeah, I was like, because my my brain was going because one of the favorite things I like to do is answer William Shatner questions on Quora. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, people, because uh, you know, there's always like these people who come up and like, why did Shatner do this, and why this happened? This is Star Trek, and I'm like, look, if if NBC had known in 1966 when Star Trek came on that we would still care about these foam monsters and you know whatever, <laughs> yeah, like that show would have never gone off the air. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He, you just made me realize something that has nothing to do with anything that we've been talking about. When I need help with something and I search, I Google search and I click on Cora, I always ask myself, who the fuck's answering these? <laughs> you just answered it. <laughs> you just answered There you go. He's answering Where? it. You got me. <laughs> I don't know. I, I always didn't ask if you had the reverse part thing was I go like, who's asking this question? Like, who? Like, is somebody getting paid? Like, because they'll be like, 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 um, who was this? How many episodes was William Shatner in Star Trek? And I'm like, like there's this website called IMDb. Like, you oh, know, yeah. like, well, I'm not asking those types of questions. You know, you know, you know where you know where I get all of my uh, reliable information from when I ask questions on Google. Uh, Donald Trump, Reddit. Oh, Reddit. <laughs> yeah, Reddit. <laughs> Reddit. Yeah, exactly. I know it's so funny. Like, how Reddit's this stuff popped up. I know where it's like. Uh, I know it, it's like. I mean, well, see, I started off back in the internet before, like I said, before Google, before stuff. We had, news, you know, S- it's so S- funny Jeeves. to see how all these things, like, yeah, we had news groups, and then we all the whole thing where, it, yeah, it's funny to see how it all still, like, just repeats itself in, you know, different, different, you know, things now. But, uh, yeah, it's just so funny. But, yeah, I'm, I'll sit there and go, like, what? And then what happens now is, like, I probably have, I, I think I actually have, I may have the record for most unpublished answers on Quora. Like I'll start answering, and then I'm like, "Why am I answering this question? Like, this isn't going to sell me a book. This isn't like going to give me fame and fortune." Well, like, you're just it, answering to help people, aren't you? Yeah, well, I, that's or what troll, I see. Yeah. Like, yeah, sometimes, but it's probably like, how many times do I have to answer that William Shatner wasn't a jerk, intentionally a jerk to his co-stars because no one knew <laughs> that Mr. Scotty was going to be a popular character a hundred years later? <laughs> Can we do live? Quora questions live, yeah. Yes. Just have a whole segment of just we search Quora questions and see if we can how many them. different types of floral are in the woods. Okay. <laughs> People ask some really dumb questions. Like, I mean, they say there's no such thing as a dumb question. Uh, yeah, there is. <laughs> there, there is. There is. One point four billion. Why are things because of my day job being like a super geek? Is sometimes I'll answer questions and Google literally comes back and says we have zero. There's nothing, huh. and then I'm like going. This is not a time where I want to be inventing something. I'm trying to solve a problem right now. I don't want to be there. Usually, <laughs> I just get that result when I'm so drunk I can barely type. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we don't know what the fuck you meant to say. It's like, oh, you're trying to do this. Well, let us know how it works. I always feel like Google's telling me, like, hey, if you figure it out, let us know. <laughs> yeah, but if you figure it out, they're probably watching you, so they already know. Exactly. Right, I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, it's just so funny the... Yeah, how this is all like evolved, and it's like, but yeah, whereas like I like to be helpful, but it's like, um, but yeah, it's really like, and what happens is Quora's become an out al- is algorithm focused, so like, you know, it's yeah, so it's just like my like Quora feed is just like sort of filled with like you know two hundred and fifty Star Trek questions, which I would which I've been happier with when I was like twenty five, and you know, still hardcore Star Trek. Now it's more like okay, how many like I'm not really that into it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, now you're now you're like sucked into it. Now you're not. Now it's your. That's just your thing forever. Now that's your. That's your. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe that's what it, Maybe that should be my next book. Like I should like this. I you know, core the official core answers to William Shatner. Questions. Yeah, just throw <laughs> throw your whole like audience for a loop. Your other forty books are all about camping and foraging, and have one book about Cora. There we go. That'll throw them all for a loop. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Exactly. So, in closing, do you have anything else you'd like to say? Do you have another? Do you have another topic you wanted to talk about? We could touch on. No, I'm good. I'm good. This is a this is a good time. So, I you know you know. Yeah, you yeah. were you were extremely interesting. I mean, you had 
story after story that I did not expect to yeah, hear. Yeah, we went. So. We, yeah, it was it was actually really fun. We went from like forging to conspiracy theories to eating jellyfish to just <laughs> everything everything underneath the sun. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, no, right, that's great. That's glad. Like I said, I mean, I thought you know, I, when I saw the I saw your topic, I thought, well, this is really cool. And, and I know you said you had something and like they were not hardcore camping stuff. And I was like, hey, that's fine. I, I mean, it wasn't like I was ex- expecting to to, uh, you know, anything out of it. I just thought, all right, well, let's just do, you know, Friday night. I was my mo- my biggest thing was just that getting it arranged. I was so glad we could do it a little later. Because um, uh, like because like we basically like the original time, I think we were going to do like six o'clock or something. And it's just like that's like, you know. I'm an old person, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's like normally that's what time we normally do it, but we're very flexible, obviously. Yeah. So. Okay, no, you, I, no, look, and I would be happy to come on again and just you know we just if you get if you need a guest or something, we'll have to hop on and just you know chat and see you know and come up with something and like or maybe we do that. Okay, let's just play like you know you know random answer Cora. That, <laughs> that does sound like a fun something. Yeah, segments have to start looking at <laughs> random Cora questions. No, I will just, let's just make sure like we'll like. Um, let's at least see them just so we're not we don't know them but that's the thing to make sure we don't get anything like you know too like well I don't want to see y'all's channel demonetized I guess to say <laughs> I mean we've said some pretty crazy shit on here so I'm surprised yeah, it hasn't yet yeah. <laughs> okay. well, I'm not sure I was going to say cool. I said I'm not you know but uh, uh, yeah that was a lot of fun and like I said I, I, I hope y'all you know like I said it's uh, I'm glad to see that the um you know, are doing like I said, it's, it's so funny to think about like how far this whole podcasting and everything's come. Like I remember, uh, like I said, when we first started doing it, and it was like, like you're listening to a radio show. Like, wasn't uh, that called the radio? It's on, <laughs> but it's on your iPod, and that's the funny thing about podcasts. It's, it's now, not, they're, yeah. now they're all <laughs> yeah. over the place, and yeah. it's not even a podcast. You know, anymore. if you would if you would have asked me like a year ago to be on a podcast, I would be like, no, I'd never be on a podcast. But here I am. Uh, yeah. <laughs> how about no. like eight months ago, six months ago? Whatever yeah, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like I'm just saying, like, even this at this point in time in my life, last year, I never in a million years would think I'd ever do a podcast. Yeah. Honestly, and now that I've been doing them, I've been listening to more and more. Like I never really, I ever, I never really was an avid listener of podcasts. I think, yeah. I think, I maybe listened to like one or two podcasts here and there in my last like yeah. ten years of my life. But now that I'm doing them, I'm I find myself listening to them more and more on Spotify, on YouTube, and whatever else. Yeah. So it's been a pretty cool journey. No, it's great. No, like I said it's a uh, you know it's, it's, it's so cool. I'm glad to see that you know at. Uh, Y'all are doing it, and I wish all the best of luck. And uh, so, yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it was really yeah. fun. Um, if you ever want to come back on, just let us know. Okay, so cool. all right. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode. If you guys want to be on an episode, you can email youarethehostpod at gmail.com. In the subject line, you put submission if you'd like to be on an episode. If you want us to talk about something, you can put question or commentary in the subject line. If you are listening to this podcast on any of the podcast platforms, you can also find a video version of this podcast on YouTube. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye. Bye.